You are listening to the Bug Bucks Podcast, hosted by Solomon Earhart and Alan Draper, where they will discuss scaling and growing your pest control company with the goal of helping you become a bug money millionaire. Those people that you really should be letting go of, you hang on to because you feel like you can't let them go. We found ourselves in that problem many a times, more than I'd like to count. And it's just difficult. You know, you have that technician who's a a liability, bad driving record, isn't doing good for services. He's causing your reservice rate to go up, cancellation rate to go up. And you think to yourself, I would love to replace him, but I don't have anybody else to fill his shoes. You know, I don't have anybody else to fill his route unless you're going to pull in an owner or pull in a manager. And then all those other tasks that that guy's supposed to do are now not being done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Bug Bucks podcast. I'm your host. Alan Draper. You know, I usually have my man Saul with me. Solomon is actually, he's taking some personal time. He's in the process of getting married. His wedding date, I think, is just right around the corner. And so he's taking some time and focusing a little bit on his personal life. And we, you know, we do nothing but encourage him to do that. And so we're going to miss him for a few months. We don't know exactly how long that's going to be, but we're going to welcome him back with open arms when he's ready. But here's the good news, right? I got somebody to step in for him. It's somebody that you guys know, and he's got a different skill set than Saul, which is going to be it's going to be interesting. He knows a lot that I don't know. And so the person that's going to be filling in for Solomon is Eric Bassett of Natura Pest Control. So welcome to the show, Eric. You've been on before, but it's glad to, you know, I'm glad to bring you back in this capacity. Hey, thanks, Alan. It's awesome to be back. I've been itching to be back on the show since my Bug Bucks podcast episode before. So it's awesome to be back. Yeah. And I think there's so much that that you add. And Solomon, there's so much that, you know, perspective that he adds or so much that he adds to the show. And he's such a good friend of mine and, you know, such a good partner. You know, I think your skill set's just a little different. You focus a lot on a lot on marketing, a lot on digital marketing, a lot on reporting and things like that. And so I think while we're not going to get into a ton of that per se today, I think that's going to be a common thread. I think those are, you know, some of the questions that I'm going to have for you throughout different episodes. You have, I've learned, you have great controls in place for your teams and that's very impressive. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what you think your strengths are and some of the things that you've been able to add to Natura? I appreciate what you're saying with the marketing aspect. That is kind of my background, marketing, inside sales, and kind of overall organizational development. And I think that's what I probably brought to the table when it comes to me moving to Natura. And I've been with Natura for four years now. I was with rent kill before and a local company before that. So this is my 14th year in the industry, I believe. So it's kind of crazy. I've been around the industry for a long time. I have a lot of experience, but I still feel like I learned something new every day. You know, every summer it's like, wow, I didn't see that one coming, you know? So, but yeah, organizational development is a big thing for me right now, trying to make sure I got the right people in the right seats, getting them to develop professionally, getting them all squared away so that we can have our future leaders for our business. Yeah, that's awesome. A lot of times people think that pest control, because it's kind of, uh, you know, I've heard it called like kind of a blue collar industry. And there's some people out there that think that there's not a lot of sophistication. And look, we're not Elon Musk, right? We're not shooting a rocket in outer space. We're not headed to Mars or whatever. But there's so much that a pest control company can be done. And that's one thing that's really surprised me about this industry is how much you can really control your own destiny, which I love about pest control. You know, today's episode, 
what I think would be really helpful for our listener is talking about things that you and I have on our plate, some things that we're looking for and looking toward in kind of our efforts in getting ready for the summer, right? Which is right around the corner. And so I wanted to ask you to kind of get it kicked off. What is your number one priority right now for things that you're working on with the summer kind of in view? So right now, you know, you have this weird transitional period between Q1 and Q2, right? Between March and April, where for us, I mean, we have a pretty seasonal market. So that step between March and April was huge. That's like the difference between our technicians and our office staff feeling like, oh, it's still kind of slow and still kind of wintry and still kind of cold outside to all of a sudden being sunny. You know, you've got wasps and ants and spiders and box elder bugs and all this stuff just, you know, exploding. And we get tons of calls and our resurface already kind of skyrockets for a minute and everybody kind of panics for a second. And right now we're working on kind of reevaluating our expectations as a team, you know, sitting down with everybody. We have a meeting tomorrow where we're going to have our technicians and our office staff together and saying, Hey, you know, like this is April, right? This is what we go through every year. We're a pest control company. We're seasonal. We get it. And this is what we need to be prepared for. Yeah. You know, that brings up an interesting point. Even though we're in a seasonal business, I think there's some there's some repetition and there's some routines that you can include in kind of your systems in part of your calendar. You know, for us, ants can hit pretty hard in Michigan and they hit really hard in spring and they usually hit hard when it's just starts to warm up. So kind of that first, you know, couple of warm days. And we know that we don't know when it's going to happen. And we've seen it happen in between like a six week period, but we know that, right? We know that it's going to happen. And so what we do is we kind of have that on our radar, like, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is what's coming. We don't know the exact day, the exact weekend that it's going to happen, but it's going to happen between, I don't know, it's going to happen between the end of March and, you know, the beginning to first week of May, something like that. And one thing that we've found works really well for us is doing certain things during certain times of the year and not doing certain things during certain times of the year, right? So for example, and I think I've mentioned this before, but from April 1st to September 30th, we don't make any system changes, no system changes. Unless a need comes up, we don't really hire any upper level management. We don't change any type of marketing schemes. Now we will pivot and we'll make small changes as we're adjusting. But for example, right now, my, our CFO is wanting to perhaps switch our accounting software, but he knew that he had until April 1st to do it. And it wasn't going to happen because of the logistics and converting everything over. And so in a meeting that I had with him yesterday, he came to me, he's like, hey, look, it's not happening because I'm not going to be able to get it done by the first. And he knows that. So, and the reason why we do that is so that we can focus April 1 through September 30th on growth, right? Just the the day-to-day stuff really is what it's about. And then from October 1st to, you know, March 31st, we focus on systems. We focus on the important, not urgent matters. Do you guys have something like that at Natura, some type of seasonality? We work on these things, you know, this month or whatever, anything like that? Yeah. No. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because we do something very similar. One of my business partners named Jesse, 
And he always says, plan your work and work your plan, right? Come up with a plan, make sure you got it squared away. And then when that starting line begins, you work that plan that you have in place. And like you said, sometimes you pivot, right? Especially in marketing or, you know, obviously sometimes you have to make some employee changes if you have to. But realistically, like you said, from April 1st to September 30th, it's go time. You know, you don't really want to spend any extra energy changing things or messing around with variables if you don't have to. So yeah, we have a list of stuff that we'll go over during our off season, you know, October, November, December, January, and February, March, and then we'll lock those things in and just ride it out. You know, I think my deadline for when I was switching marketing companies was like October for like the next season. You know, like I need a solid five, six months of making sure that my marketing partner is squared away before the next season starts. We have some other deadlines for events that we're planning before the next summertime, you know? So just like you said, I mean, it's important that you have those things in place. Otherwise you get caught up in the whirlwind of all these different changes when you really need to be focusing on growth. Yeah. One thing that we've kind of put to bed for the season is is vehicles. And the reason is we are going to have to rent some, which we don't usually do. Not a lot, but a few because of just the issues with ordering vehicles right now. So that's kind of something that is vehicles and technicians on the service side are typically it's not vehicles that are such, you know, that take so much time. Typically it's just getting service staff in place, but this year it was kind of a combination. And, you know, honestly, I think you know, today, I don't know when this show is going to air, but today is Tuesday, March 29th. And, you know, I'm starting to, you know, see people in the different groups ask about hiring. And what that does is, is it still possible to find a diamond in the rough? Yeah, it is. And especially for people that are looking for maybe one, two people max, that's the size that they're looking for. The issue is you limit your options when you wait until now, right? I think we've been hiring technicians mm-hmm since December. And even if we didn't need them, we brought them on board, we've been training them, we're doing ride-alongs, all these things. And we've been paying them full time because we know what you know we're going to need and how hard technicians are, you know, how hard they're going to be to find. Today, I saw something that said that 55% of hourly wage earners are expecting a pay increase just because of what the economy has done over the last couple of months. So you really have to be in that position. Is there anything else that you guys are kind of gearing up for? Are you guys starting to order product? Are you starting to you know, equip vehicles? Are you starting to come up with marketing calendars you know, for June, July, August right now? What, what's on your radar? What's, what are the things that are kind of giving you, making you stress out just a little about right now? So I think that the staffing and the vehicle aspect of things is driving me crazy. You know, the vehicles, just the market that we're in right now, as far as acquiring the right vehicles or getting maintenance on the right vehicles, getting parts for those vehicles, you know, I think it's kind of tough. We work in a business where the average age of the employees driving our vehicles is kind of young. And so they're not super experienced and we do get some dings and scratches and and we have to order parts and that's kind of complicated. And then, you know, as far as hiring goes, like you said, when you wait until, you know, beginning or end of March, beginning of April to start hiring for technicians. That's a real tough time. That puts you in a a really dicey spot because instead of being able to kind of wait it out and find the properly qualified candidate, you're like, I just need anybody, a warm body, like what, whoever I can get, you know, and you grab the wrong guy, you spend a bunch of money getting him licensed and teaching him how to do everything. 
And then, you know, by the end of that season, you're wishing that guy quit so you don't have to fire him, you know? So we've been doing the same thing you are trying to get the right guys in the right seats, hiring technicians, getting them trained, getting them up to speed, making sure they have everything in their equipment for their vans. And that's been difficult because having the additional staffing puts a lot of pressure on on our leadership team as far as getting them trained, but you kind of have to do that. You know, you have to make those investments in those employees. Otherwise, if you don't make the investment in the energy now, you will have to pay for it later on down the road in the middle of the season when you don't want to. So that's been driving me crazy, but in kind of a good way. You know, it's that good pressure where I'm like, okay, I know I'm spending a lot of energy trying to get everybody properly staffed now, but I'm not going to have to deal with it, hopefully, in July when I definitely don't want to. You know, that's such an interesting point. And for the people that really know me, they know that I'm really careful with the money that I spend. And this includes, you know, waste, like business waste, right? Like if I don't need a product, I won't order it until I need it. That's that's how I used to think. If I don't need a technician, I'm not going to hire the technician until I need them. The problem with that thinking I quickly learned year one is that by the time that you need the technician, it's way too late. And what happens is you lose money, but in a different way, right? I used to think, well, the reason why I don't hire a bunch of technicians, I'm ready to go um, like we're doing this year. The reason why I used to think like that is because, hey, we're going to save money and we're going to just you know, hire them at the, the last second. And it's just going to work perfectly, right? Had it all worked out in my mind. But what I realized was that I lost money in other ways. You know, I my cancellation rate was too high, right? I was losing other opportunities. And so it was, the net loss was actually less than if I just hired when I needed to hire, which is before I need somebody. And I think that's an interesting concept, right? Because I always thought that I was saving money by not buying something or hiring someone until I absolutely needed them. But as I mentioned before, you also lose options, right? If, for example, I don't look, start looking for somebody until I absolutely need them, now I can no longer hire somebody that's new to the industry that needs a month solid of training or whatever it is before they go out on a route on their own. I no longer have that option. So when when you're a little more deliberate about things, especially hiring, then you give yourself more options. Hey, I can get somebody that, you know, maybe I need a termite tech or I need, you know, something specialized, but I give myself the the freedom of time so that I can I can train that individual. But, you know, this time of year, I think I think that's on a lot of people's minds, Eric. I really do. I think technicians, where am I going to find them? They're demanding a lot. And it's, it's so tough. And, and I think this is one of the biggest problems. When you run into a shortage with staff, you tend to, and I've done this before, you tend to hold on to people too long. And there are very few things more damaging to a company, company culture than holding on to somebody that doesn't belong there. Do you agree with that? Is there anything that you've kind of seen that you know you could that resonates with you along those lines? Oh, 100%. And exactly what you said is when you find yourself in a bad staffing situation, those people that you really should be letting go of, you hang on to because you feel like you can't let them go. We found ourselves in that problem many a times, more than I'd like to count. And it's just difficult. You know, you have that technician who's a, a liability, bad driving record, isn't doing good for services. He's causing your reservice rate to go up, cancellation rate to go up. And you think to yourself, I would love to replace him, but I don't have anybody else to fill his shoes. You know, I don't have anybody else to fill his route unless you're going to pull in an owner or pull in a manager. And then all those other tasks that that guy's supposed to do, 
are now not being done, you know? So it's a difficult position for people to be in. And, you know, when it comes to properly staffing, you know, technician departments and even office staff, it's kind of better to have one too many than one not enough. And it's difficult for people to think that way, especially when you consider how much it costs nowadays to staff an office and and how much these guys are asking for, right? You said yourself, like, these people are expecting pay bumps, you know, with what the economy has been doing. So you're like, man, I don't want to have an extra guy. Like, that's that's thousands of dollars that I'm going to have to pay that that I'm not even prepared for. But if you consider what is going to happen to you and, and your routes and your business, you know, if you get to the point where you can't schedule new initials or new customers because you don't have enough technicians, or you can't get your services done that month because you don't have enough technicians, or you can't even answer the leads that are coming in because you don't have enough office staff, that's thousands of dollars. And it's your reputation on the line, right? That's worth a lot more than just paying for an extra guy. You know, I think this idea I first learned from, I think her name's Barbara Cochran, the the lady from the Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's her name, but she was a big real estate magnate in New York. And she had, I think she started with a brokerage and she said one time, and I don't remember where, but the idea was I would set up offices and I would fill it with desks long before I had the people to sit in the chairs at those desks. And she's like, no matter how many desks I added or how many offices I added, I was able to fill them. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but it just happened. And so her, her point was just start getting offices and buying desks and putting them there and the people will come. And what I found is that is definitely true. Now, there are some people that don't really want to scale their pest control company. They don't really want to grow it. They've had it for a decade or so and maybe want to hire a tech or something. And so that's going to be different for them. But if you are wanting to grow your pest control company, put yourself in a position where you can just plug somebody in. And, you know, I, I get this question a lot and I see it a lot on the threads, on the, on the different pest control owner boards. How do I know when I can afford a technician? You know, I wish I had a nickel for every time I've seen that, right? How do yeah. I know when I can afford a technician? And here's the answer. If you're wanting to grow your pest control company, that is the wrong question to ask. The right question to ask is, do I have a technician, right? Because what happens is it's, it's really good pressure to have. Because then as an owner, especially of a small company, it frees up some time for you to do a lot of things that are going to create another route, right? To do things that scale the company, because it's really hard to scale a company when you're running a route. And like I said, there are people out there, they're you know, solo operators. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just not really the people that I speak to because I don't understand that lifestyle. I've always created a pest control company to scale it. And so get the trucks, hire the tech, you know, hire the tech before you need the tech. And you trust me, you will find work for the technician to do. And, and what you're really doing, Eric, you're betting on yourself, man, more than anything else. You're hiring somebody and you're like, I believe in myself. I believe that I can find the work necessary for this to work economically for my business. And if entrepreneurs can't bet on themselves, invest in themselves, and I, I recently posted a story or something on my Instagram about this. If you can't bet on yourself and put some money into yourself and, and say, hey, I'm going to invest in myself, really, that's all we're asking our customers to do. We're saying, hey, um, invest in us, right? We're going to provide this service, but you're giving money exchange for value. And when we're investing in ourselves, we're doing the same thing. Hey, I'm going to put money in my company in exchange for this perceived value. 
And I think that's one of the best ways for a PCO to do it is to hire somebody before you have the work. What do you think about that idea? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the the foundation of entrepreneurship is taking risks. And like you said, betting on yourself before anything is really for sure. And that's not for everybody. And that's why not everybody's an entrepreneur. But likely most entrepreneurs that I meet, you know, you get your your business license, your LLC squared away before you ever have a customer, right? You invest in uniforms and you invest in all these other things, and you're going to be in the hole for a while before you ever get a customer. And if you don't believe in yourself 110%, then no customer's ever going to believe in you, right? Like you have to provide that additional faith for your customers in order for them to start buying your service. And you kind of have to run that philosophy through the rest of your business from the beginning all the way to the end. You know, if you're thinking to yourself, ah, well, I don't know if I need to hire this next guy, you know, but I, cause I don't know if we're going to have the business for him. It's like, flip that around, man, hire that guy and make sure you get the business for them. You know what I mean? Like in the office, I'm going to hire the amount of people that I want based on what I need to get done that season. And then I'm going to make sure that I have stuff for them to do, even if they're not answering the phone. It's like, hey, you know, what other kind of outbound campaign can we do? Can you call customers for reviews? Can you check in with technicians on their routes? You know, like whatever we can make happen that's worth it for me to pay that person to be there, I will make happen. I love it, man. Well, we kind of started this conversation talking about what are the things that, you know, is most on our mind, the things that are, you know, is kind of stressing us out as we're about to kick off the summer season. And it's not ironic, but we started talking about technicians, right? We started talking about having the help that we need. And <laughs> yep. I think that's super important. As we're wrapping up this episode, what are your final thoughts? What are what are your thoughts? If, if you have somebody that, you know, let's say our listener is somebody that has a couple of techs, they're going into the summer, really wanting to scale, right? They're wanting to add maybe a route or two, full route or two. What advice do you have for them going into this summer with their perspective set on that type of growth? A couple of things. One is that, you know, kind of like I was saying before, you know, plan your work and work your plan, right? If you have a plan to get new leads coming in, new customers, whether it's going to be door knocking or digital marketing, whatever that is, get that stuff squared away and set and then work that plan and move forward, right? Take a chance, hire who you need to hire, keep them busy, find work for them to do. The other thing is, is because staffing is such a difficult thing, employee retention is huge right now. You know, the worst thing that you could do is spend the first couple of months of the season training and teaching a guy just to have him skip town, you know, another month from now or whatever. So especially when things are busy, lots of guys I hear miss meetings. They miss meetings, they miss developments, they miss, you know, those really important quality conversations that they have with their employees where you talk about, hey man, what's going well? What are you struggling with? Let's create an action plan. Let's make sure that we're on the same page. You know, I say, hey, when was the last time that you had one of these conversations with your employees? And they'll say, ah, it's just been so busy. We haven't had a chance to do it. And I'm like, hey, I, I get it. I understand. But the busier that you are, the more demand there is on your staff emotionally and physically, the more you need those meetings. I promise you do. So for our listeners, I think if, if I was going to leave them with anything, it's, you know, as you're continuing on through this season, have those meetings, have those conversations on the regular and plan them into your day and make them a priority. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself at the end of your season, burnt out, missing employees, disconnected. It's not going to be a good time. Yeah, 100%. That reminds me of this concept of, you know, when in our first summer, I was busy running around and, you know, I had a technician that he kept running into the same problem. I think it was an issue with his B&G. 
right? I, I can't remember exactly. It was getting clogged up or something, right? And as opposed to solving the problem, we fix it just enough so he could finish that service or finish his route for the day. And sometimes Mm -hmm. as PCOs, we have that kind of perspective where it's like, okay, I'm not thinking about two weeks down the road. I'm thinking about how do I get my route done today? And I get it, man, that pressure of making sure we hit all those stops. Like I I get that hundred percent. But when you said, Hey, don't forget those meetings. Don't forget those touch points throughout the summer. It kind of reminded me of that concept. It's not a Meetings are not slapping a Band-Aid on something. That's not how they work. I, I try to use meetings for fixing behavior or fixing... Meetings are, are the best use of them is long-term repetition and encouragement slash motivation. That's what we use meetings for. And I think, I think you're right. And it, the tendency is to cut back on meetings and to, you know, oh, no, everyone's busy today. Text message everybody. We're going to cancel the meeting. Don't worry about the meeting today. So I love those ideas. If you have a meeting, have it, right? Because you send a bad message to your team if you end up canceling it. But definitely have those touch points. They are more important than finishing a route. They really are. If you have a meeting, and obviously it's best to schedule it so that you can do both, but I love that thought. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Well, this has been fantastic, Eric. You know, we're going to start getting into episodes where you help me ask questions of, of our guests and things like that. And so I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to learning from you, to be honest. I think you have a lot to add to the industry. I didn't just, you know, blindly pick your name out of a hat. You know, I kind of pursued you a little bit. I'm not, you know, embarrassed to admit. And I think our listeners are going to get a lot out of having you on board, having your perspective. And, you know, we don't know how long it's going to last, right? You're super busy. You've got a lot of irons in the fire. But yeah, I I think this was a great episode and, you know, thanks for joining us for whatever time period that ends up being. And above all else, thanks for sharing your knowledge with the pest control community, which you've always done. But I I appreciate that, man. Yeah. And I I really appreciate the opportunity that you've really put together for me to, to do that. You know, this podcast is awesome. You know, I, I started listening to this back when you first started with your other podcast. So it's huge, man. Um, I think giving back to the community and kind of helping out some of our our fellow colleagues in the business is great. It's opportunities that I never had when I started out. And I wish I did. I wish I had those connections. So this is a great opportunity for everybody. Love it, man. Well, for everybody listening, thanks so much. I don't think I, I thank people enough. And we're going to start doing a few different things. I'm going to start reading reviews of our podcast at the end of each episode, maybe just one or two and giving a shout out to our listeners. You know, it's really for you. We've designed this for you. If you feel like you're getting something out of this, make sure to share this episode with a friend. And if not this episode, go back through our list, find an episode that really hit home to you and share that with a friend, with a colleague. What that's going to do is that colleague, they're going to actually think about you if they learn, you know, something from that episode and you help their business which is what we're trying to do. So thanks so much for listening and we will catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Bug Bucks podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please show your support by subscribing and leaving us an honest five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you and we'll catch you on the next episode.